0: I want to continue our thinking on why believe, and I want us to continue our thinking of is the New Testament reliable? Is the New Testament reliable? And tonight I want to talk about infallibility, infallibility. So open your Bibles with me to John, I'm sorry, Psalms, Psalms 19. And the first thing I want us to see tonight is the Bible is infallible in its totality. It's infallible in its totality. Uh, So look at Psalm 19, and verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, mu, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. So this, the Bible is infallible in its totality. What that means is that from uh, Genesis to Revelation and everything in between... It is infallible, meaning it can't fail. Everything that it says will endure. You can trust in it. You can rest in it. At Grace Baptist Church, one of the things that makes us distinct from just about every other church in town is we believe every word of this King James Bible. We genuinely believe that the Bible that we hold in our hands is infallible. Not some mystical idea of the word of God somewhere that no one's ever seen. We believe the Bible that we hold in our hands is infallible. Go to Psalm 33 and look at verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath Of his mouth. The same word that created the world is the word that spoke the word of God. We believe that everything in this book is absolutely right. Isn't that a blessing? We believe that it is right. So, number one, the Bible is infallible in its totality. And then, number two, the Bible is inerrant in its parts. It is inerrant in its parts. I read in the Sunday School Hour a book. It's called Madison Avenue Lectures. It was a series of sermons preached at the Madison Avenue Baptist Church. It was published in 1867, and one of the preachers, his name was Alva Hovey, and he was preaching. He preached a sermon on the Bible as our standard for Baptist churches. The Bible is our only sta- only standard for faith and practice, and he said that he quoted the verse that uh, when the Spirit has come, He will guide you into all, and he, he quoted it as the truth. That's not what the text says. The text in John says He will guide you into all truth, all truth. And he said the problem with leaving out that article, the, is it gives the idea that the Bible will guide you into all truth concerning philosophy, science, history, everything. But that's not what it means. What it means, it will guide you into all the truth of religion. That is a completely faithless approach to the Word of God. Can I tell you something? The Bible doesn't say everything about science, but everything it says about science is true. The Bible doesn't say everything about philosophy, but everything it says about philosophy is true. The Bible doesn't say everything about math, but everything it says about math is true. The Bible doesn't say everything about counseling, but everything it says about counseling is true. The Bible doesn't say everything about history, but everything it says about history is true is true. So it's very important that we understand that the Bible is inerrant in its parts. Each individual word is absolutely right and inerrant. That means error-free. We believe every one of these words. We believe in the verbal, plenary inspiration of Scripture. Verbal, that is the words, plenary, all of them. We believe that God inspired every word that's in this book. Amen? Amen. We just believe every one of them. So it is infallible in its totality. That's the concept of the Word of God. But it is also inerrant in its parts. That is every subject that it addresses. It is inerrant in its addressing of those subjects. It's vital that we understand that. Um, Look at Romans chapter 3. And we could take the time and look at scientific statements that are made in the Bible that are found to be centuries and millennia before the scientists caught up. But we're not going to do that tonight. Look at uh, Romans chapter 3 and look at verse 4. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in the sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So it's very important that you see this. Look at verse 1. This is good. What advantage then hath the Jew or what profit is there of, of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. That's the Bible. So because God chose Israel, He chose the Jews, through the Jews we get the word of God. And so that's a great blessing for the Jews. That's a great blessing for Israel. But what, what if somebody doesn't believe those words? Well, that doesn't make him of none effect. That's the whole gravity thing, right? You don't believe in gravity? I don't believe in gravity. Oh, Jim's flying away. You remember Frank Turek? Jim, come back if you believe you can come back. That my belief in gravity has nothing to do with the reality of gravity. And a person's belief or disbelief in the word of God has absolutely nothing to do with the truthfulness of the word of God. Let God be true and every man a liar. Whatever God says about science is true. Whatever God says about philosophy is true. Whatever God says about the future is true. Whatever God says about the past, it is true. It is infallible in its parts. It's infallible in its totality and it is inerrant in its parts. And then, number three, the Bible is complete in itself. Now, notwithstanding Brother Knox's message, which I agreed with every bit of that, and I got to listen to more of it on my way to Missouri this past week. By the way, thank you for praying. The meeting was great. It, just, it was really a blessing to Hannibal Baptist Church, and I'm thankful for safe travels and all of that. Thank you for praying. Um, but here, this the Bible is complete in itself. And I want to show you what I mean by that. Go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Sorry, it's 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. And look at verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So grace and peace. What does that come from? Knowledge. Knowledge of God. And of Jesus our Lord, is that right? Verse three: According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that per, that pertain unto life and godliness, that through the knowledge of Him that hath called you, or through the knowledge of Him that hath called us unto glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So what the Bible is saying is that through the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, by those great and precious promises, through that we have everything that we need for life and godliness. Now, how many of you want your kids to have a good life? Would you raise your hands? All right, and it's very interesting that all of you really make sure that your kids go to school and get a good education. Do you, are you just as concerned that your kids are at, at every service, every time the doors are open at Grace Baptist Church? It's interesting. And the thing is, the Bible never tells you that sending your ch- kids to school will give them life and godliness. But the Bible says that if you get them in the Word of God, they'll have life and godliness. How about that? That's interesting, isn't it? So, I'm not saying don't send your kids to school. What I'm saying is get the priority right. Get the priority right. There are, uh, this, Everywhere I go, there are people that don't come to the meeting at night because their kids have school the next day. How many of you think they have their priorities wrong? Anybody? How many of you think they have their priorities wrong? They obviously have their priorities wrong. That's called Laodicea. They care more about the, the world and what the world has to offer than they do Jesus Christ and His Word. We have to understand not only is the Bible infallible in its totality and inerrant in its parts, it is complete in itself. It is a self contained uh, lesson, it's a, a self contained instruction for God's people. And everything that it says is true and it's vital to us. So the Bible's infallible in its totality, it's inerrant in its parts, it's complete in itself, and it is authoritative and final it's authoritative and final there's no supreme court over the scriptures the scriptures are the supreme court it's very important that we get that look at 1st Thessalonians 2 and verse 13 1st Timothy 2:13 i'm sorry 1st 1st Thessalonians 2:13 for this cause also thank we god without ceasing because when you received the word of god which you heard of us You received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth. The word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So the Bible, it's not the words of man, it's the word of God. And those words become effectual in you when you believe them. They are authoritative. The only authority that I, as Jim Alter, have is when I stand in agreement with the Word of God. It is the Word of God that is authoritative and it's final. Look at Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs 30 and verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. How about that? It's authoritative, and it's final. Do you know what that means? God doesn't care what you and I think. It's really important. I'm always amazed at parents who are concerned about their three-year-old's opinion. And you find that in the buffet line. By the way, that story that Nolan told this morning... (laughs) It never happened. He's got me confused with somebody else. Look at me. Do I look like I've ever skipped a meal because I wasn't satisfied with the quality of the the, the cuisine? Um, never happened. I think he's absolutely lost his ever loving mind. All right. But it, it's it's really important that we see this. God doesn't care what we think, and young people. When your parents put down the law, it really doesn't matter what you think. They have experience that you don't have. They have knowledge that you don't have. It's like the story I tell about riding my brother-in-law's motorcycle. I hadn't ridden ridden a motorcycle in a long time. So a couple of years ago, he got this Harley. I I took it for a spin. It was a lot of fun. And I got off on the wrong side. And so it's leaning one way, and you're supposed to get off the way that it leans. When you don't, what happens is you find out where the muffler is. And so here's what I would say to you if you were going to ride a motorcycle. One of the things I would say is when you get off, get off on the left side. You're going to say, I'll get off on whatever side I want to get off on. You know what I'll say? Okay. (laughs) Have at it. Um, The reason that God says that He doesn't care what we think is because He knows our knowledge is so limited. Our knowledge is so constricted to time, our knowledge is so restricted to the capacity of our intellect or the capacity of our experience, and He is completely infinite. So let's trust Him. His word is authoritative and final. Look at Pro- look at Revelation twenty two. Revelation twenty two. Look at verse seventeen. And the spirit and bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. That's Jesus. Then John writes, Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So it's really important that we see this. God cares that when He finished His Bible, He didn't want anybody to add to it, and He didn't want anyone to take from it. Now, just specifically about the plagues and all of that, that is for the readers of the book of Revelation who are experiencing the plagues in the book of Revelation. And so by that point, the church has been taken out. The whole economy on the world is different. And it becomes very serious. You mess with God's word and now all of a sudden, you're going to experience the plagues that God has passed on everyone who is an unbeliever. It's a very serious thing. And I'll tell you this, do you want to bring the wrath of God on your life? Add to or take from God's words. Just believe them. Just believe them. So the Bible is authoritative and final. So what we have looked at is the Bible is infallible in its totality. It's inerrant in its parts. It's complete in itself. It's authoritative and final. And it is totally sufficient for your needs. It's totally sufficient for your needs. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. It's sufficient for you. Trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. Lean on what the Bible says. Don't be one of those who says, I know the Bible says this, but I think it doesn't matter what you think. What matters is what God thinks. And if you want to be blessed, think what God thinks. And how do you know? We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So the Bible is totally sufficient for your needs. And then the Bible accomplishes all it promises. The Bible accomplishes all it promises. Go to Isaiah chapter 55, and verse 11. Isaiah 55, 11. Remember verse 8, Isaiah 55, 8. "'For my thoughts are not your thoughts, "'neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord.' For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Look at verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Whatever God says will be accomplished. Isn't that wonderful? So when the Bible says um, that He's going to 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 finish His work in you, when He promises to present you holy and blameless in love, when He promises those things, you can take it to the bank. When He promises you that the way of transgressors is hard, you can take that to the bank. You young people, you want to do your own thing and go away from what God says to do? I promise you, I can prophesy to you that the way of the transgressor is hard. It's hard. And there's some folks in this room who could tell you the way of the transgressor is hard. There are people that have gotten, abu- they've gotten addicted to drugs and now they've got to try and live a life with severe mental impairment because of what drugs have done to their body. There are people that have abused alcohol or abused pornography or abused gambling, abused other things that God have given, has given that are good but not done in moderation. And I can promise you that the way of transgressors is hard. I get people, they come and they knock on the door of the church. They ring the bell. Hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Can you help me with this? Where do you go to church? Are you married? Where's your husband? How many children do you have? And every time you can tell, it's like they're wearing a uniform of bad decisions. It's just amazing. And their lives are miserable. Why? Because the way of transgressors is hard. See, God, what God says is true. Just as I can trust my eternal soul to Him, I can also trust that I will have temporary anguish and suffering if I go against the clear teaching of the Word of God. God has built those consequences into the universe. If I touch the stove, it doesn't matter how much faith I have in God. If that stove is hot, it's going to burn my hand. And when God tells you something... It will accomplish what he says it will. And that's why the Bible says, despise not prophesying. Don't ignore it. Listen to the Bible. Listen to it. It accomplishes all it promises. Then lastly, the Bible provides assurance of salvation. That's where we started this morning. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Look at verse 23. The Bible says being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You see, all of us were born of corruptible seed. That means that because of the sin of Adam and the death that entered the human race because of that sin, all of us are given a death sentence at birth. We're all going to die. And that is because we were born again of corruptible, that we were born, that is because we were born of corruptible seed. But here's the good news. If you're born again, then you're born of incorruptible seed. And what's good is, that is by the Word of God. So the assurance of my salvation is not that I'm a good person. It's not that I pay my taxes or give to the church. It's not that I'm a good dad or a good husband. None of that has anything to do, I cannot contribute to, I cannot contribute to the preservation, the keeping of my eternity. I, I can't do anything to assure that. But praise God, I've got something better. The Word of God assures it because it lives and abides forever. My faithfulness, my faithfulness may not. God's faithfulness will. And we have that guaranteed to us in the Word of God. So what do we believe about the Bible? It's It's infallible in its totality. It's inerrant in its parts. It's complete in itself. It's authoritative and final. It's totally sufficient for our needs. It accomplishes all it promises. And the Bible provides assurance of salvation. And what is salvation? It's placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal life. If you're trusting in anything else for eternal life, you'll go to hell. You'll go to hell. But Jesus Christ has offered us the free gift of eternal life. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't it wonderful that what we believe is easily stated from Scripture? We don't have to try and tap dance around stuff. We can just say, Thus saith the Lord. If you believe it, great. If you don't believe it, now you're responsible for it. Let God be true and every man a liar. It's so good that we have this and we can trust it. How many of you need to spend more time in it than you do? Any of you? Let's do better. Let's do better. And it doesn't matter to me how much you read. Just read it. Just read it. Oh, I'm not a very good reader. Well, read as much as you can. You'll get better. Amen? Yeah. It's interesting. Everything that you do, you get better at with effort. It's just really important that we do that with the Scriptures. It's so important. You know, if I decided that I wanted to dunk a basketball, all right, we're going to have to do a couple of things. Probably buy a trampoline. Maybe lower the hoop. But I promise you this. If I don't do anything, I won't get any closer to it. I might not ever accomplish it. As a matter of fact, it's not going to happen. But (laughs) if if that was a goal that I set, I would get closer to it and closer to it through effort than I ever would through laziness. You and I are never going to reach perfection on this earth. It's just not going to happen. But we can become more and more Christ like every day as we exercise ourselves toward godliness. Bodily, bodily exercise profiteth little, is what the Bible says. And so exercise yourself to godliness. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for all that it has accomplished and will accomplish.